0: Yate, hello, and thank you for joining us today on Insighting Indian Country. I'm your host, Wesley Benali, Principal and National Tribal Practice Leader for RDW and working out of our Phoenix office. Here at RDW, we are a proud independent CPA firm. We've always embraced the entrepreneurial spirit, more importantly, for the betterments of the clients we serve. With these entrepreneurial episodes, we want to travel off our accounting path to shine the light on the Native American entrepreneur today in Indian Country. The journey of an entrepreneur can be frightening, but mavericks like Monica will welcome the opportunity no matter the time. Today, I'll be talking with Monica Hojola, president of Montana Inc., an AA woman owned small business that specializes in professional and technical support services for federal, state, tribal governments, and commercial customers, and is located in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ms. Hojola is a member of the Isleta Pueblo. And has over 15 years of experience working in government contracting thank you and please listen to our conversation and don't forget to subscribe
1: welcome to the inside in indian country podcast your premier source of accounting and business discussions affecting indian country presented by redw
0: hello And welcome to Inside an Indian Country. I'm your host, Wesley Benali, Principal and National Tribal Practice Leader, uh, working out out of the Phoenix office. And today, you know, to continue on with our Entrepreneur Series, I have Monica Oloya. Uh, Hopefully I I got that right. (laughs) Uh, She is the uh, CEO of Montech, Inc., and they are located in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, Monica, you know, thank you for joining us today, and you know, if you could give us, you know, a little backdrop on who you are and, and what you do and what your passions are.
1: Absolutely. Good morning, Wesley. Um, I am Monica Hohola, and as you know, Hohola comes from that um, New Mexico is one of those states where all the J's tend to be pronounced in the ages. So I. I appreciate the introduction, Wesley. As stated, I'm Monica Hohula, and my folks are from the Pueblo of Isleta in New Mexico. I'm right now sitting in my office in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where it's clear, beautiful, though it looks very deceiving with the sun, if you can feel that nip in the air. But uh, my company, Montech Incorporated, is headquartered in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're about five minutes away from the Albuquerque International Airport, and about five minutes away from one of our largest clients, which is the United States Air Force and the U.S. Department of Energy at Kirtland Air Force Base. Our company, Montec, is a women-owned small business. We're a certified SBA 8A. We're a small disadvantaged business, and of course, 100% Native American. Um, You know, again, because of my um, beautiful background with the Pueblo Visleta. We absolutely wanted to ensure that we were recognized as a Native American firm. I can tell you, our company is known for services only and no products. So, um, services from program management support services to scientific technical solutions to your basic administrative support services to even information technology. Right now, our company resides not only in New Mexico, but Arizona. Colorado, California, Missouri, South Dakota, and um, neighboring cities, of course, here besides Albuquerque. Our clients are the United States Department of Defense, Department of Energy, Department of Commerce, Department of Interior, the USDA, which is agriculture, and just all a whole gamut of agencies along with that. So thank you for allowing me to be here, Wesley.
0: Yeah, thank you, Monica. That wow, very impressive. <laughs> and you know, I, you know, with the, your your last name, you know, I, I, I try to do my best, and I apologize for that. You no, know, no,
1: don't <laughs> even worry about that. People do that all the time. You know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, you know, I, I definitely appreciate it. And you know, wow, a lot of accomplishments, and you know, it's, it's very awesome to see uh, native women um, entrepreneurs doing it out there. And you know, I, I really do um, have a lot of respect and 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 and, um just real you know enthusiasm for that that type of work so what directed you to your career of choice i mean i'm sure somebody with your skills and expertise and you're you're obviously an excellent communicator you know so what what kind of led you down the path of an entrepreneur and more specifically the, the the services you provide
1: Okay, very good. That's a good question. And I'm, I'm asked that question quite a bit by different forums. But I can tell you this, Wesley, uh, my background specifically comes from working with one of the largest tribal corporations in the lower 48. I did that for almost 14 years. Um, you know, I am right now, if you kind of Google and search Monica, Hohola, or Montek, you'll see that I worked with um, CNI, Chickasaw Nation Industries. I did that for almost 14 years, like I said, Wesley. And you know what happened in about the 2008-2009 frame timeline? The United States government was moving into more recognition of women-owned small business. And when I say WOSB, that basically represents, um, you know, the federal government buys everything. I mean, from um, supplies to products to services. And women-owned small businesses were not as plentiful as they are today, um, the federal government moved and mastered into uh, set-asides for WOSBs. And I, you know, I knew in the back of my um, timeline as a professional career that I wanted to own a small business. And knowing that the government was finally able to recognize more women-owned small businesses, I knew that it was just about the opportune time so in 2011 I took the leap of faith and said this is it I've got to do this or I'll never do it Wesley and um it was just a perfect time the government you will also recall our country was going through a really strong recession you know with mortgages and the economy was during the 2009-2010 time frame you know I was scared like any other entrepreneur in North America would be but if I didn't do it in 2011, I was never going to walk away. I was going to continue to work for someone else. And now that the federal government market was starting to move and recognize more women-owned small businesses nationwide, I said, 2011, that's it. I've got to do it. And, of course, it's a scary decision. You know, you've got that security on a bi weekly basis and that paycheck that comes in and you're secure and you're protecting your family but if I didn't do that, I you and I wouldn't be chit-chatting today, Wesley, if I didn't take that leap of faith in 2011 to start the company.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that seems to be commonplace, you know, in just previous discussions, you know, obviously, you know, it does take a lot to really have that courage to say, you know what, I want to do something on my own, but not have that security blanket, you know, and... um you know, kudos to you. <laughs> it's it's, oh, it's, thank it's you. yeah, it's something that's, you know, uh, you know, it's, it it can be scary, you know, obviously, and you, and you did it during the recession as well. So that's, that's pretty good. I
1: know, how crazy right. can possibly be? But yeah. I'm, a, I'm a maverick by trade, I tell you. Yeah,
0: that, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That's
0: it was- awesome. So as an entrepreneur, I know it changes day to day. Like what do, what is a typical day for you?
1: Okay, well, a typical day for me is always going to have a hot cup of coffee in my hand, and in fact, um, I've already had my big, jo- you know, huge cup of coffee going. But I can tell you this, Wesley, and I think any of my colleagues at um, within my company knows it's my first hours are just catching up to all the emails that because my partners and my customers on the other side of the country they've got a two-hour lead ahead of me, so those emails are already flowing in by 6 a.m. So when I make it to my office, I try to use my morning hours to catch up on all those emails and telephone calls and, believe it or not, even texts, you know, because we've got personnel from one side of the country to the other. End, um, and those texts are already coming through. And we've got holiday season coming upon us. So answering the emails, answering the texts, calling customers, calling my partners, talking with personnel, that's my first few hours. And um, right now, Wesley, I can tell you we are knee deep in proposal writing. I don't know how many requirements we have on our desks right now, and they've got strong deadlines. Um, I do have a deadline. Go figure this. It's Thanksgiving weekend, but I've got a Sunday deadline at 8 p.m. on Sunday this weekend. And, um, but I'm going to utilize Saturday after spending time with family and go off and do some creative writing and technical writing because I owe it to my partners and my team members here in my office as well. But um, right now it's knee deep into all the proposal writing. We're planting the seeds this winter. So right now, anything that we're writing and it's multiple proposals, Wesley, it's not one, it's multiple. So we're going to toss those over the fence and they, you know, um, they get evaluated, they get reviewed in the springtime. Things come to fruition. We win some, we lose some, like any other um, federal contractor in my industry. If you don't propose, you don't win. And um, on the same, you know, on the same note, Wesley, it's critical that we maintain everything we have in place right now. So my day does consist of ensuring that my current customers, my current employees, the current activities we have in place are healthy. There's, the organizational health is positive that I'm communicating with the existing customers because we earn new business by keeping the current ones happy and successful and healthy. And um, so that's a typical um, routine for me on a daily basis. And then you've got those anomalies that tend to fall on your desk throughout the week. It could be personnel. It could be security. It could be a contract modification. And um, believe me, I've got a list and I've got due dates with all my documents around my desk Top right now.
0: What is your uh, favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur?
1: My favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur, you know, last week I sat on on a panel, Wesley, and yes, you know, you tend to lead your team members, but I really, I truly made a point to sharing that just because you're the leader doesn't mean you can lead. So I try to step back and engage with team members Um, specifically program managers. I mean, you cannot talk to every single employee. Right now, we've exceeded over 100 um, team members across the country. But with that being said, you can't speak to everyone. So I hope that we hire smart, our PMs, our leads out there, so they're continuing the corporate culture of um, respecting our talent out there, communicating with our talent out there, Um, ensuring that they're attentive to their needs and their concerns. But I can tell you that uh, the best part of being an entrepreneur is um, twofold. One, you know, um, I can't believe where we have come, meaning today, from where we started. Uh, I love to share that being an entrepreneur, you start slow. I did. I absolutely did. I wanted to ensure that my foundation for the company was absolutely solid, Um, And I love to use this, you know, theory or thought, you know, imagine building a home and if the foundation is not set very well and you've got cracks or ripples, or it's not set, um, leveled out, if you don't have the foundation set extremely well, then you tend to find building the home is, you know, um, not as, it's not a quality product and you can feel it. And it's the same for being a business owner. It's by setting all the proper people like the accounting accounting firms and it's your attorneys it's your insurance companies it's the banking industry it's all the pieces that are critical for a business owner to make sure they have in place so though you may be a one man team and you're because honestly that's how I started it was a one man team from a bedroom in my home And it just exploded. But I can tell you it happened because we have technology today to pick up the phone and join a Zoom call meeting and do these podcasts. You know, we're fortunate to have the tools today to talk with our industry on the other side of the country or on the Pacific Northwest. And um, as an entrepreneur, that foundation, once it's set and it's set solid, you can build a beautiful company. Because you have all the tools and the certifications following right behind you. That's critical. I do like that. If you do it well to begin with, you're not having to backtrack and having to, um, and of course, your companies evolve as we have grown, and it gets better, and you improve in different areas. But if you set it right to begin with, it's wonderful. The most important welcome for being an entrepreneur from my end, Wesley, I can tell you this, is that um, as a business owner, you get to play hard all week long but um, and work hard all week long, but you get to play with the community as well. So I get to walk away perhaps at 3 or 4 o'clock maybe um, when the invitations come and support my um, community, whether it's any of the Pueblo or tribal or um, any of those organizations that need my support in attendance, with um, support in their events that are taking place. Um, just for an example, Wesley, right now I sit as a trustee for the University of New Mexico Foundation. I'm also the chairwoman of the West um, Entrepreneurship Organization, and I also sit on the American Indian Chamber of Commerce. I can't do those with, um, if I were a full-time employee working behind the gate at Kirtland or any of those you know, I would have, I'd be accountable to my day-to-day, hour-by-hour tasks. But as a business owner, I get to um, contribute and help support my community where I can. And I think that's one of the most giving takeaways from being an entrepreneur is um, allocating your time to support not only your business and doing what you're supposed to do, but also contributing back to your communities.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I really like your your description of building a home, you know, and that's, that's definitely good. So obviously, you know, when you start your business as an entrepreneur, your priorities change. So if you could maybe just provide some insight for some of our listeners on what and how your priorities change from when you maybe first started.
1: Absolutely. You know, um, personally, priorities do, you know, tend to, I try to stem and say, um, absolutely, you know, that priority and first and foremost would be my family. And, um, you know that priority has never changed. Um, If I get that call from someone who needs me or someone who's asking qu- I mean, we're we're ready to approach a holiday weekend here. Um, and you know, family, that priority does not change. And um my second family, of course, is Montec. And that's an important critical family um uh, found uh, priority that has also not changed. I've learned this, Wesley, that if our people are happy, they're enjoying their job, they enjoy um, going to the office and doing their, you know, of course, we've got many hybrid schedules across the country, but if people are enjoying their job, they don't they they produce more, they share more, they're engaging with the customer and they're, you know, their quality employees and our customers provide us feedback saying, oh my goodness, I really enjoy the team members that are here with us in California, or, you know, we get that day-to-day or week-by-week or month-by-month feedback, and that makes us extremely happy back here at headquarters in Albuquerque. So that is a priority that has never changed. If you treat them well, if they have the health care, if they've got those retirement programs, we support their um, career path or their growth, then... um, you know, ultimately, they provide the service. The customer's happy. We feel the feedback back at our desk, and we earn more. Uh, what I mean we earn more is the expansion of our contracts, the follow-on contracts. New customers come along, and so that priority has not changed. Priorities that have changed would be obviously, you know, uh, now more than ever, the increase of empathy for our personnel is at a heightened level. We all, and this is not just Montek, Wesley, you and your team has experienced this as well. What happened to us in t- during the COVID um, you know, years, we've learned to become more innovative with our communication efforts, with our team members, whether or not they're sitting in Albuquerque or South Dakota. You know, Technology has really changed. We've learned to be more empathetic to our people because um, health has really taken a um, higher position with our team members, meaning uh, we just wrapped up two, three weeks of um, engaging discussions and negotiations regarding healthcare because we all did have that healthcare scare, you know, and now more than ever, we try to place that as a priority. Uh, we try to be more sensitive when team members say, Because we don't want them to get other team members sick. We try to be more sensitive when they do send that morning email and it happens to be at 6 a.m. Like, I am not feeling well. Well, of course, I want to be very sympathetic and empathetic with that. And they don't make it to the office because now more than ever, that health concern has become crucial for any smart company out there. Um, Teleworking. Teleworking is huge. I would say that half of our people are now with their laptops and their docking stations and all the technology around their home office. Go figure that we would be talking five years ago if you asked me that question that we would actually have that type of industry and personnel and talent out there.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. It's it's definitely something that's come across everybody that we've worked with. You know, just dealing with you know, remote working and and the new environment that we work in, you know, it has its pros and cons. And, you know, we, we recently issued a uh, podcast recently on that whole topic, but another thing, how would you define success in your career?
1: Okay. Um, Defining success, you know, obviously would mean to me for my desk, you know, it's not how large the company has come um, and the size the magnitude, the complexity of our scope of work, um, our tasks out there, or the growth pattern, whether or not we've generated this much from last year to this year. Success to us would be the uh, retention, the um, health factor, the retention strategies and recruiting efforts that have become more accessible to us more than ever before. Um, Retention is huge for us. And if our people do retain those positions, it just makes us smarter on paper. It's a, it's a compelling story to our customers. Um, They like what they're doing. Um, You know, as far as our personnel is concerned, this is on the business respect, you know, success, meaning um, that that's the Montec end. Um, I can retain my people. They like their jobs. They produce the service. We earn more business. That that's a success story for many industry players in my um, line of work. On a personal note, you know, re, uh, a successful individual as a CEO or a president, it is again. I, I'm going to have to place my family if they're happy, if they're healthy if they're doing well in their jobs and they're health, um, happy in their homes. And this this is extended family as well. You know, um, I've got one daughter. She's the only daughter. But I've got an extensive family of cousins and aunties and uncles. And if everyone is... Position well and they're happy and we get to hug each other of course we don't see each other as much as often but thankfully we've got the holidays coming up that's happiness and that's success to me that that would make my day any day
0: that is awesome you know I think that's that's pretty commonplace for a lot of people that we've interviewed that success isn't always about the numbers but you know how you define your life and what what kind of people you surround yourself with so that's awesome now know, lastly, uh, being uh, a Native American woman entrepreneur, what advice would you give to other young Native Americans thinking this path?
1: I would highly encourage any young gal out there, any young Native entrepreneur, someone who has got that sparkle in their eye thinking, oh, my goodness, I want to do what Montec did or I want to do what I mean, there are. Believe me, I am following a path that many Native women have done before. Um, You know, with the size and the scale and the complexity of my work may be completely different, but I honor those that have come before me. But I can tell you for the next generation, because there's plenty more uh, Monicas out there or plenty more young Navajo individual, young Navajo, young gals, um, Pueblo young gals or any other tribes that I'm missing out there. There's plenty more Monicas out there, and I never want to discourage them. Don't let anyone ever stand in your path to say this is not doable. It is absolutely doable. You know, my leaving my company after 14 years of service with that tribal corporation, I didn't leave to fail. I left to succeed. And so um, I always encourage young talent out there who are thinking the entrepreneurship. Also consider that tap into people who have done it before you because they have had the highs and the lows of being a business owner. So there's challenges to being a business owner, but don't let that. I mean, there's a solution for everything, absolutely everything. And go off and talk to people who have done it before. That's exactly what I did. You know, I went off and I met with other entrepreneurs, other business owners who had come before me to ask about um, some strong, you know, healthy guidance or what should I consider? And good people will answer your email and or your telephone call and say, absolutely, I'm available for a cup of coffee. Let's talk about this. Where are you wanting to go? And we should, we should absolutely extend that um, invitation or absolutely welcome the invitation that may come from a young entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, thank you, Monica. And I, I think you know, just you being on the podcast today, um, I, I think you live and speak your, your truth, <laughs> and I really do appreciate you and you know jumping on with us. And once again, you maybe just for our listeners, if you want to just give a quick, you know, just a, a shout out to you to your business once again, um, uh, how they can contact you, um, any questions they have, you know, if you can, that'd be great.
1: Okay, thank you, Wesley. I can tell you that Montech Incorporated, um, we are definitely on LinkedIn. So you can find us on LinkedIn under Montech Inc. I-N-C or you can find my profile also on LinkedIn, Monica Hohola with a -A. J-O-J-O-L-A. You can find us on Facebook and, of course, our company website at um, Montech dash or hyphen I-N-C dot com.
0: Okay. Thank you once again, Monica, for joining us today. And we really appreciate your story and looking forward to all the great things that your company will be doing here in the future. And once again, I know you have, I know you have a great busy day and, you know, thank you for taking time to talk to us and providing some good gems to our listeners.
1: Thank you, Wesley. I appreciate the invitation. You all have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope this time has benefited you. For more information or to connect, please visit REDW.com.